breathing. We can talk a little bit about tapping into that parasympathetic nervous system. Namaste. Breathing and, and fitness a little bit. Okay. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. We call this free-range podcast. Cage-free organic (laughs) podcasting. Nah, I'm going to stay right here. Nah, I'm going to stay right here. here Listen. (laughs) Nah, I'm going to stay right here. Okay, hey everybody, welcome back to the Great Time Podcast. It's 2020. It's 2020, baby. We made it another decade. How many times did they say it wasn't going to, you know, at the beginning of the 2000s, it was not going to make it? This is it, man. This is it. Stock up. Stock up. Computers are going to crash. It's going to be mayhem, chaos. Everyone's nukes are going to just start blowing off everywhere. It's going to be crazy. How many gallons of water did you have <laughs> stored, in, up? stored in the basement? I have two fifty-five gallon drums of gasoline for my my generator, diesel for my generator. But uh, no, I I didn't buy any of it. I have not bought into any of the end of the world apocalyptic Armageddon. Wait, are you telling me when the Mayan calendar I did not said the buy. world was going to end in 2012? <laughs> Especially, yeah, I did not buy into that one at all. I love to hear all the talk about it because I like to you hear old uh, mythology. You're and, telling me you did not drive out to the uh, the central, sacrifice the, a chicken? <laughs> you didn't <laughs> sacrifice one. My I actually had five kids. <laughs> you didn't uh, follow the Heaven's Gate. Comet chases out to the well, I didn't have a pair of Nike leather Nike shoes, but um, and a in a secret bedroom with bunk beds. But 2020, hmm, everything. I hope there's the eye doctors are loving. Did this. you let me ask you a question? <laughs> yeah, did you uh, did you drive over today or did your car fly now that it's 2020? The idea you of think, flying I, cars is you just think a you're world in the of flying cars, though. Just think of people be crashing, it's hard enough on a two dimensional. Why don't you think about three-dimensional? Man, People they showed on the news this morning. Trained pilots in, in air, with air traffic control. That's they still crash each other. Do you think if everybody has a flying car, it's gonna, it'd be, they'll be dropping out of the <laughs> sky? It'll be stupid. <laughs> Nobody has thought this through. I know. They, they can't even <laughs> navigate a roundabout well, it's, <laughs> it's just, without, without crashing. <laughs> You know, drones delivering packages. Well, if only a couple, you might get away with it. But if there's, I want you to think everywhere you see a FedEx car, or UPS, or RPS, or Amazon truck, or sure, or just the blank trucks that are delivering. Yeah, there's two hundred packages. There's, there's two hundred packages in that truck. Yeah, which means that there would be two hundred drones. Two hundred drone of, flights for each one. For each one of those zoom, guys. zoom, zoom. That'd That's be all you'd crazy. hear. Crazy. Yeah, they besides showed, the noise. Be they insane. showed a picture on 
the television on the news this morning of basically of the general map of the United States. Yeah. And then there was an icon, an airplane icon. Yeah. For all the flights that were in the air gearing yeah. up for yeah. holiday travel season. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's insane. Holy shit. It's insane. Well, being that it's the new year, you know what everybody is out there getting ready to do is get back in shape. Got to get back in shape. Exactly. Assuming everyone at one time was in shape, I I always think in my mind some people have to go very far back. <laughs> this like is when true. I came out of the womb, I was in the best shape I ever was. I ever was in my life. I look like my babies, my kids. They were they were pretty chunky. They were always pretty chunky. Like I look at like Mike and Andrew now. You know. Oh yeah. Mike was a fat little kid. He was. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the long story short is He's they a, aren't always the most physically fit right out of the womb, but they have the most energy. So the, the body parts is fresh. So what are you trying to get back back to then? Are I want to be a baby in, again. <laughs> the energy of the baby or the, the, oh, the fitness? If you had the energy of a kid, you'd have no problem staying in shape because you'd just go, go, go all the time. That's how you well, can, yeah, you for know, sure, for you, sure. I know you remember. When, I mean, you you probably still have a little bit, but it's gone for me. Like, I have to convince myself to move every day it's a it's a inner dialogue <laughs> weighing the alternatives and that's the only way i <laughs> i'm actually that's my energy impetus but yeah when i was younger i had a lot of i always had to have something going but and a lot of people get into that routine which is why at the beginning of the year they're like oh shit i gotta make some changes got to it i gotta get in shape <laughs> to that routine and then you know once thanksgiving hits they ate so much at Thanksgiving. They, they don't, oh, you know, they're they're like fuck this. Lethar- they're lethargic <laughs> till mid December. This will they be finally- impossible to burn <laughs> off. <laughs> I might as well just lay yeah. on the couch. And now I got Christmas coming. Right. It'll what's be the, what's the use? It's the point. You know, I'll just put you know, it right everybody's back. On. bringing cookies over. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so everybody gets into that routine, and then come January, they realize, oh man, I've got I got that dive trip to. Someplace warm where you don't want to look like a big fat pig. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to be down on the beach. Yeah. I'm going to be doing some scuba diving. I need to get into shape. Yeah. Once you can look good on the beach for sure. Um, but two. You'll feel better. Two, you're going to feel better. And, th- <laughs> and three. <laughs> well, your clothes yeah, fit true, better. Your gear true, fits yeah, better. True, yeah. And five. And you're. Safer diver because you're in better condition. And you're better air exchange, going, better yes. gas exchange. And number five, yes, the, yes. We really look at the what we have to realize is scuba divers is we are playing with our physiology basically while we're underwater. Every day right? we're playing. Every day we're playing with our physiology. Very true, but <laughs> it, it doesn't. Uh, you know, it doesn't the have the same yeah. effect mm-hmm. that it does when you're underwater. Yeah, the ramifications for and the ability to really fuck it up. Are really increased. I mean, that the, that the pressure can really accelerate problems. Yeah, and more importantly, the the gas exchange, the, the getting rid of the pressure and coming back to the surface. Right, well, right. That's what I mean. You know, so when we toy with that, underwater, I was talking about getting rid of the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but we, yes, but when we we toy with that by by going scuba diving, and our body isn't working in a clean and efficient manner, just and I should say. When most of the people who are diving really don't understand and have that knowledge internalized, they just trust the computer that they're wearing to beep at them and let them know the limitations that they have. 
But that, the, again, the computer doesn't know the difference between you and me or, or anybody else. Or in shape you and fat you. Very, yeah. very, very correct. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Aerobically unfit you and et cetera. Because yeah, I bought this computer, you know, when uh, I, was, I, in was, shape. I was lean and mean and in shape and, and running every know. day. And now I haven't done anything and uh, gained then, 50 pounds. Yeah, and, I've been smoking know, camels for a year now. Like the computer doesn't know that. Some people, young people, are like smoking camels. What do you smoke a camel for? So, what are people doing out there to get in shape or stay in shape? More importantly, for scuba diving, because if you really look at yourself as a diver, like a lot of people claim to be divers, but then in reality, they're really only focused on diving, thinking about diving the week before they leave on their one right. trip that they do, and then during that one week, and then they're back to being the accountant, back to being yeah the delivery guy back whatever to be in the whatever they are in life the dad the mom the well i think you what you just hit is the, probably the vast majority of scuba divers right the the 70% of the scuba diving community is recreational once or twice a year maybe three times a year go to some place warm and uh, you know an exciting destination that's touristy that has a uh, a beautiful underwater setting so that they can get their fix. And that's right. probably the majority. And then there's, you know, it starts to drop off as you get into colder waters, lower vis, uh, harsher environments, more technical diving, uh, that kind of thing. Because you have to, A, stay up on it, and B, the physical fitness level is kind of required as you get into more difficult environments and technical diving. You're carrying more equipment. And just that aspect of it requires... Some strength and stamina. I mean, yeah, the extra bottles you're yeah. carrying with you, and you. I think a good majority of the technical divers do put a big emphasis on physical fitness. They realize that it impacts their safety tremendously. So a good portion of them, not all of them, because you know, sure, there's sure. no absolutes, but a good portion, I think, still uh, do put a, a value on physical fitness for scuba diving versus the rec you know the recreational crowd i don't know about you but when i look around when i'm diving and uh, I, there's a lot of people not you know in the just from physical appearance they don't appear to be in great physical condition well it's it's like anything else they're just regular people who also happen to do some diving from time to time that's what i say about myself i'm just a regular guy who happens to it's like the, when it's the time of the year for the softball league to start up. Yeah. Right? And you play softball at the local YMCA, you know, every July. Or the basketball season ramps up, you know, uh, for your league down at the community center. Right? There's people who do that, you know, for the, the six weeks every year for the basketball league mm -hmm. or whatever. But they're not thinking year-round about staying in shape for the basketball league they just right. have come to terms with they are who they are and yeah. you know this year they're going to be a little bit slower this year they're going to not be able to jump as high this year they're not going to be able to throw the bar, ball as far you know and they just come to terms with it which is on a basketball league at the community center for the 50 and over okay that's yeah but that, that is what it is but Scuba's a different game. I was going to say, still, even at the basketball league or the baseball league, when you let yourself get out of shape, and this is, you know, what I tell my boys too, play, you know, 
soccer and other sports, they're very athletic. The, the more you're out of shape, the more prone you are to getting injured. That's just the way it is. When kids hit you, you ain't got muscle around you. Keep your bones intact. You know, I, I tell them, you know, put a few LBs on and get your upper body strong. So if you get hit, they fall down, not you. Anyway, things like that. If you're not in shape, you're more prone to getting injured, no matter what activity. Yeah, no doubt about it. If you don't have strength, you don't have mobility, and you're trying to be active, you're, it's not going to work. It's not going to work well. Exactly. No. Yeah, yeah. And like it or Setting not, yourself up. you know, as much as we want to think of scuba diving as being this soft, relaxing, wonderful, peaceful place, and it is, it is until it's not. Right. And when you need it, you really need it. And there are aspects of diving that require some physical exertion. The, the equipment is heavy. You know, it's it's not you know a baseball mitt. It is not a hockey stick. It's thirty five to whatever pounds, depending on you, the tanks you're using, the bottles you're breathing from. You've got to carry those. Yeah, yeah. Then you need weights to get down. You're going to need weight to get underwater. You're going to be in a suit that's going to make you hot, even in the winter in a dry suit. When you're suiting up, you're part of you are sweat is sweating, part of you is cold. You know. Um, yeah, and, being and, and if shape, you look at being, you know, down in the Cayman Islands, or you're, yeah, you know, in diving off of uh, somewhere in the Philippines, or you're down off of Mexico and these like warm water destinations where you have the dive master that's carrying most of the heavy equipment. Still, at some point, you're putting it on your body. You're walking around yeah. the boat with that gear on. You're climbing up the ladder with that gear on, right? So when you, if you go to the gym and you are having difficulty picking up the twenty-pound dumbbell, you're gonna if, have if a that's, problem. If yeah. that's a struggle for you, yeah, yeah, you should be taking that into account when you think of oh, I'm going to put at least forty pounds on on your back, right? When I, when I get to the dive boat. Yeah, they're let alone wanting to do some short eyes. Right. Yeah, you're still going to have to walk with it. You you got to get in and out of the boat. You're going to uh, have to carry your bag of suit and mask and fins and regulator right. and all that gear, you know, to and from the dive locker at least going in and coming out. So you need to be realistic of having some semblance of strength and ability. And fitness. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean the other thing to think about is uh what if something happens to another diver? You've got to tow them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Everybody makes that assumption that everything's wonderful and nothing's ever going to go wrong. That's what I was saying earlier. It's peaceful, wonderful until it's not. Mm -hmm. And that's a perfect example that you bring up. Yeah. If something happens to another diver, you have to be able to render some assistance. What are you going to do? Just stand there or or sit there in the water and yell for help? Right. Well, and that's why, you know, something like a tire diver tow. Right. And those emergency toes are taught not specifically in a rescue class, but they're taught in the basic open Open water water. because Mm -hmm. there is a potential that when you're out diving, you might need to lend some assistance to somebody. And if you're having a difficult time just yourself swimming against a little bit of a current. wave and a mm-hmm. current and a chop up on the surface. Mm-hmm. And then now you have to add a whole second non-moving, non-functioning person that you're trying to tow as well. Forget about it. It's going to be tough. And how often do we see? You're you going know, to be struggling. Even, and the main thing that's going right. to really start struggling, and this is where people really have the, you know, they, they go down that or they, they start that snowball effect is they lose control of their breathing. Yeah, it's easy to do if you're working and you're in equipment and restrictive wetsuit, obesity, you're in the water 
trying to swim against current. How often do we see it on the, you know, when we go diving in the Great Lakes, there's sometimes there's a halfway decent amount of current. A lot of times there's just little current. I don't know if I ever see where there's just no current at all. There's usually a little something. But a lot of times you've got to swim against it to get out to the bow, to the uh, drop down the line or whatnot. And yeah, I mean, the you, struggling you see all the time. You're going to almost always have to deal with some sort of a current. Right. I mean, that's just the nature of water. Nature. Unless you're in a perfectly still Which is, pond yeah. or quarry or very small. But, I mean, if you're in some place like Cozumel, you're dealing There's with current. current mm-hmm. You know, Even so much as you know, a, a, a nice, relaxing diving like you would do in Bonaire, there's still a little bit of a light current that you're, you're looking at and looking for to start the dive so right. you can move in the right direction to come back to where you started the dive from. So you're going to have that, let alone when you hit the surface, even though you might not be in a place that has a lot of physical underwater current, when you hit the surface, there's almost always going to be some sort of wind and just getting back to the boat, swimming 100 feet to the boat is going to be work against the current. True that. Now that we're saying that everybody out there needs to be a swimming triathlete, mission, triathlete yeah. or anything like that. Definitely not. But seeing as uh, you people have come to us to gain a little bit of scuba wisdom from our scoobism. We like to call it scoobism. Scoobism. <laughs> We're going to uh, shed on you some of the importance of uh, some... <laughs> don't shed on me. Please don't shed on me. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to lay some facts on you. Lay lay some factage on you. I have this book here that I got, Yoga for Scuba Divers. So this book, Yoga Yoga for Scuba Divers, by Kimberly, by Kimberly Jensen and Todd Steedle. Kim and Todd. Kim and Todd. They've got a couple cool things in here. Is Todd um, short for a longer not, name? Uh, Tadetheus. Tadetheus, is it? I was going to say, is it Toddly? Toddlerson? Toddly Toddlerson at your service. <laughs> but, you know, you have name like Theodore, you have Ted and William, Bill, et cetera. Yeah. But Todd, it seems like it should be short for something. Tadetheus. Tadetheus. <laughs> Old Tadetheus. He's uh, the, great, He's the greatest very, of very, ancient very, Greek very philosophers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was Aristotle's dive buddy. <laughs> exactly, Tadetheus. We just called him Todd. He's the lesser known of philosophers because nobody wants to, you know, I'm quoting Todd here when I say, well, Todd oh. always had a snorkel in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Todd died in a snorkeling accident on a three-foot-long snorkel thinking he could, he could stay underwater indefinitely with a three-foot-long snorkel. Now, yoga is a great way... For you to, not necessarily to, to jump right into peak physical health, but it's an, um, it's an amazing way for people who aren't practiced to learn to get into touch with their breathing cycle, take control of their breathing, and as well, take control of their minds. Yeah, agreed. Which is where one well, of the, the big values of, the, of that is. Yeah, it's and meditative this, breathing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in uh, this book... They have a section talking about the importance of breath, where they say that breathing is unique in that it's the only bodily function that is both voluntary and involuntary. Our bodies keep breathing without any conscious effort, but yet we can consciously control our respiration. We can't do that with 
the beating of our heart. So our respiratory system is really unlike any other system. Can we do it with any other? Like if you have kids, it, you unconsciously want to smack them when they... <laughs> I can do that consciously too. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't smack my kids. Unless they absolutely deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so most people run around day-to-day lives never tapping into the voluntary takeover of their breathing cycle. A lot of people don't. And that's what, one of the things you run into as a scuba instructor with some students. They have a, an issue, especially trying to breathe strictly through the mouth. And occasionally you need to breathe out your nose or yeah. what have you. You need to be able to switch that. You, you know? need to be able to switch that on and off, right? Yeah. And, and most people, especially most American people, it's come probably, into a scuba class, they've, they've never really even no. thought about their breathing ever. They, no. just, they just do it completely, 100% involuntarily. Right. From the time they wake up. To the time they die. To the time they die. But that ability to switch that back and forth is probably my greatest talent. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. Hold it. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> well, the issue that, that you have is when you start losing control of that breathing pattern and that CO2 spikes that we've talked about in the past, your body starts kicking into that fight or flight. Well, that is almost entirely due to, well, the the urge to breathe comes from our carbon dioxide level, the chemoreceptors and the baroreceptors in our blood and, and, and throughout our nervous system whatnot. They are what cause us to have the urge to breathe, our carbon dioxide level. So when you increase that, your body is basically says we have to get rid of the CO2, right? And the, right. Uh, there's a pH level that that also plays with that, and that's has to deal with uh, acid being produced by your muscle metabolism. As you work harder, your muscles create more carbon dioxide and lactic acid, and your body says we have to get rid of this. And it's not that you crave oxygen; Correct. it's that you crave getting rid yeah, you're, of carbon you're dioxide, right? So you know, exactly. When your CO2 levels rise, you have the urge, you have a thirst, a hunger for more more air. And if you can't get it, your brain goes into panic mode. You know, you're trying to override that natural desire to breathe. Yes. By, with thought. And then that, that panic mode gets worse and worse and worse. Oh, yeah. And then... Because more CO2 keeps then, building exactly. and building. Yeah. And then when you're in scuba, we realize... You're in this heavy medium of the water, which is wow. 800 times denser than air to try to move around in, which is going to build up more CO2. Right. I've got all and, this extra gear and right. weight that I'm dealing with and all this bulk and drag that I'm dealing with. Yeah. So it's in, in scuba, it's so much more exacerbated than it is really in almost any other activity, which is why well, it, yeah. it's such a killer for a diver to lose control of that breathing pattern. Well, the real thing is the pressure. The deeper you are, is the pressure. We don't operate when you're reading or our body is sensing that carbon dioxide level and those acidic levels, whatnot, our pH levels. Our body's not operating on the percentage, per se. It's operating on the partial pressure of the gases in our in our bloodstream. Right, and, and our body's only evolved to understand what that means at one atom. Well, it, it it understands it at all the atoms, but it, here's what it is: it's like right. at one atom, you've got like yeah. We've only, we've only 
as as humans, like we haven't really evolved in a way to deal with well, I don't, being I don't, at such a, yeah. a high partial pressure. Well, yeah, I think if you want to look at you know it that way as an evolving thing, I look at more like we are made to operate at a certain partial pressure of gases yes. of all all gases and all. Uh, you know, our pH and whatnot, everything is made for this surface environment. But if you increase those partial pressures on us, maybe we could adapt, but, you know, you can't adapt fast. Sure, sure. You oh, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So where I'm going is, like, mm-hmm. the highest concentration of CO2 that you could ever get as a human being, struggling with whatever you're struggling with on Would land. A hundred percent. Right. You'd be passed out. You'd be yeah. dead. Sure. Yeah. Right. But... So one, oh, the actual tiny, what? One what is the bit, safest? What, what tiny one tiny bit less than that, right? Yeah, where you don't pass out and die. Yeah, right. Well, a fraction of that at thirty-three feet. A fraction of that at five feet. Right, right. That's what, so, <laughs> yeah. that, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. The human body hasn't really right built a way to deal with. But you know what, James? The increased it kind of does. It kind of does because we have a wide range that we operate in. We have a wide range that we can flow, that we can work with. So in a way, it has adapted. We can live comfortably with oxygen from 0.16 at us up to, well, they say 2.0 is like our super critical, but we work at like 1.4 underwater, right? 1.4 PPO2s. So we have that 0.16 to 1.4. We can pretty, we're pretty good. The 1.4, we got to start counting OTUs and all that other. You get a little bit more into that. But for the most part, we can survive fine. You start increasing it past 2.0, the PPO2, now you now it starts to get toxic to us, right? right. If you go below the 0.16 PPO2, well, our body can't live with it. You know, on that low of oxygen, we go hypoxic. So you can go hyperoxic at 2.0 plus or hypoxic at 0.16 and below so you got a range a pretty good range yeah absolutely so our body has that flexibility which is kind of amazing it's not just you know you can only live at 0.21 right 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 right? so we have i don't know if that's an adapting thing or that's just the way we're made who knows but i mean it is kind of incredible and that's also what allows us to go scuba diving and be able to operate at all underwater Right at all depths, yeah. Because we we've learned to play with those gas mixtures to Bingo. allow us to do that. Yeah. yeah, we've learned like this is this is how this works, so we can adjust the gas mixes. So basically, technology and our brains, we've overcome that aspect of scuba diving, of of being underwater at high pressures. Yeah, I think it's kind of amazing. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah you're we haven't taking, really you're taking the opposite side. Of exactly, what I, what I would and say. that's what exactly what I do with life and Thanks. with everyone I ever meet. For, <laughs> hey, hey, that's a nice shirt. Thanks. No, it's not. I hate the shirt. I'll, I'll the shirt is ugly. <laughs> Prove me I wrong. Do. You want to fight me? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, and it works the same way with the CO2. We have a certain threshold of CO2 that we can handle, right? A, a partial pressure of carbon dioxide when. We go underwater, that that partial pressure of carbon dioxide we can handle on the surface, well, it starts to increase as we go deeper because our ambient pressure increases. Correct. And boom, all of a sudden we're over that threshold. Absolutely. And we need to get rid of it. Yeah. So and it, it becomes and, toxic to us at that point. And everybody, you know, or, or a lot of people will hear that and they go, oh, man, yeah, CO2 is bad. Well, in some ways, no, it's very important. Well, caveman it, diver says CO2 bad. <laughs> Oxygen good. <laughs> Until bad. 
They both nitrogen bad. bad. Perdick's good. <laughs> it's like uh, caveman. What is that? Caveman lawyer or something? Caveman lawyer from Saturday Night Live. Well, it's, we can have caveman scuba diver. Well, you got to realize that the CO two unfrozen caveman lawyer, unfrozen caveman scuba diver, oxygen good. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I'm sorry. James hates me. James right now is like, uh, is there a ice pick anywhere <laughs> near me? <laughs> so I want to stab I have him first and then stab my ears <laughs> for having to listen to his ass. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I, I want to make the point of you can't just get rid of all the CO2 because you have to have the CO2 because the CO2 is the, the driver tree. for breathing. Mm-hmm. So you need to have it in there because it's telling your brain something the mismanagement of it mm-hmm. is where we start to get into the problems well especially get, at depth yeah but because we have conscious control of breathing we could tell ourselves to breathe consciously well you certainly can yeah and that's what if you're not practiced in it at all mm-hmm. you're gonna have a real hard time in the middle exactly. of, in the middle of that melee getting control of your breathing right and that's where i think that something like getting into a yoga practice is it a melee or a pandemonium bo- it's, it hasn't got to a pandemonium yet because you're working on taking control of the breathing. You fuck that up, it's going to be pandemonium. Okay. Okay. Um, Ludicrousness. Right. But like, so for instance, like you get on a treadmill and you increase the speed or you increase the the gradient of the... The hill, the, the slope. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You increase the, the gradient on the on the hill. And you start increasing that workload. If you can't control your breathing when that demand increases, if you struggle with that just you know, at walking at four miles an hour and then you kick the grade up to a three or a four mm-hmm. and you start struggling, that's not drastically different than everything being okay, drifting along on a dive and then realizing I, I got to turn and swim against this current to get over to where the, the back of the boat is, right? right? To, for a wee bit, yeah. Yeah, you know you what I mean? So, <laughs> right, so it's something like that. And, and if... If you go to the gym and you work out and you exercise and you realize that, hey, normally I'm going to lose control of my breathing and this is going to get really, really hard and I'm going to have to woo, mm-hmm. take the gradient down. I'm going to have to slow the speed down so I can catch my breath again. But if you can learn to relax and take control of your breathing mm-hmm. to conquer that change in elevation or change mm-hmm. in speed on that treadmill, it's very similar to what you're dealing with when the the... The intensity gets Mm -hmm. kicked up on the dive, you know? Yeah, and having a conscious knowledge that you keep in your forefront of what's going on when you're getting that urge to breathe and you're you're almost over-breathing that rag. You know, if you can tell yourself, listen, I need to get rid of my carbon dioxide. Yes, exactly. Exhale more. You know, you don't, your body is not craving oxygen. You have high PO2s of oxygen underwater. That's the, that's the thing. When you're on air at 33 feet, you have way more than double the amount of oxygen much more than double the amount of oxygen that you need. Correct. So the, the problem is you also chill have the double, fuck out. You have yeah. double that CO two. Exactly. You have way collecting too much in CO2. that second mm-hmm. stage. And, so just think of it at a hundred feet, at four times. Yeah. You know that's what we talk about a lot about being streamlined and you know going down to a hundred feet in a thick wetsuit where you're overweighted now because your wetsuit's compressed, right? And if you've got crappy v- trim and you, split fins and a snorkel on adding drag and horrible propulsion 
you're not gonna, you're gonna be working at a hundred feet to try to right. move. That's and why that equipment isn't a great choice. And sometimes. even and even right at the surface. Right, right. Where you're, just, oh yeah, you're just getting beat up by some wind and a little bit of a, a yeah, you're gonna be working, and chop, yeah. and you're 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 it's working just not right as there. critical, yeah. because you don't have four times the amount. But the of partial but the pressure. natural reaction, just like when you're increasing things on the the workload on the treadmill, is to well, breathe, you have to yeah, mm-hmm. breathing faster and faster and yeah. faster. When in reality, the answer is to slow the breathing down, exhale, relax, yeah. get rid of the CO two. Mm-hmm. Right and turn, turn that brain into a machine that's trying to trigger that parasympathetic nervous system rather than the sympathetic nervous mm-hmm. system, calming the body down, relaxing the body, relaxing the heart, relaxing the breathing pattern. Relax your goddamn brain. Use your damn brain, you moron. In uh, in the book, they say that just like in scuba diving, breathing is the foundation of your yoga practice. Begin your home yoga session with a few minutes of deep breathing to help the mind transition from what you might be doing in the future to what you were doing in the present. And then later in the book, they go through a bunch of different yoga poses and stuff if you want to use this for for doing actual yoga practice. But this is also something you should be thinking of for a lot of new divers just out on the dive boat in that time right before you even get into the water. You know, you've got that... Mm-hmm. 20 minute ride or half hour ride or hour long boat ride it's a that. perfect time yeah. to get your brain into that calm that calm parasympathetic breathing pattern plus some visualization all Absolutely, those things yeah, I yeah. mean a lot of people preach it and some people think it's all new agey or you know that kind of thing the thing is it works and it makes for a better dive experience and it slows you down it purposely slows you down so all that rushing that you see on the dive boats, getting ready, the sweating. You know, I can sweat just standing in the sun, meditating. I just sweat <laughs> anymore. <laughs> of course, that's just that happens. I'm a sweater. But it's a perfect time for I it. I see and you as more of a cardigan. I was going to say I'm a cardigan sweater. I'm a nice sweater. <laughs> but uh, I'm a sweater. Anyway, the uh, you see it on the dive boat. You see the people, a little bit of nervousness. They're moving quick. They have uh, that anxious, that anxiety, that nervous anxiety that's building up. You know, they, A, they probably know they haven't practiced. They're not in shape. They're nervous about a dive. Maybe it's a new dive for them. There's a lot of factors contributing to somebody's anxiety on the dive boat. Instructors, as we are, it's kind of the thing you look for. You watch these people. You watch, because you watch your students for this. This is what you, you try to key in on your students and, and try to, Give them tips, techniques, and, and tell them why calm, slow, and, and the visu- visualization works and the breathing and gaining control of your parasympathetic. Well, that's generally the, the anxiety comes from these fears that mm-hmm. really shouldn't even exist in the first place, right? It, it's just you're letting loose right. all these emotions and fears that are just going out of control. When you know, and that's generally because you have a fear of losing control because you're not confident with your buoyancy control, right? You're not confident with your awareness in the water, so you're worried about losing the group. Familiarity wor- with equipment. Yeah, you're you're worried about you your know buddy running team. out of out yeah. of there. You're worried about your buddy team. You're worried about not being able to pull off the safety stop and just pop into the surface on, on the ascent. Goddamn sharks! Definitely worried about. <laughs> Love the sharks. Baby Yoda. What will Baby Yoda do? 
WWBYD. So, so visualizing before the dive a nice controlled mm-hmm. descent where you're in a position where you're aware of your buddy, right, is going to put you to the point when you're actually in the water making the descent. You're going to have the rem- the memory of, oh yeah, I need this to cl- clean right. up my position in the water. I need to clean up my trim so I can see the bottom approaching, so I can see my buddy off in front mm-hmm. of me. Same thing, and you're, you're visualizing before that dive, a good, controlled, clean ascent where I'm in control and I'm, I'm not just popping to the surface. I'm making those stops at 30, 20, 10, right. or just at 15 or whatever the point is. As you're approaching that again, you've got that mental trigger of catching yourself yeah. before it's too late. You've already gone through it in your mind so it's just a reminder it's not a a new thought yes what do i do and that's really all it is right like you you mentioned a lot of people have these hang-ups on it of it being this weird new agey yeah you know silliness but no what you're doing is is you're you're tapping into your own brain yeah exactly it's calming your mind and when you realize that the brain is at the root of most of most of that snowball of panic the brain is there and it's almost always not every time but 99% of the time, it's always fall. It's created. It's created in your mind, these, these panic thoughts. It's just like the, uh, you know, the people who believe they ran out of air underwater and panicked and bolted. And they had plenty of air. Right. Their regulator functions fine. Their mind started working. They started over-breathing it. Correct, and that's they where that sympathetic that nervous system gets mm-hmm. triggered because of the CO2, because right. they're, they're working too hard already because their buoyancy is bad. They're working too hard already because their trim is bad. Trim's horrible. They've, they've got a bad kick. They've got, got equipment dangling equipment and dragging. Equipment issues and, and drag. And then they've got to turn into a current, or they've got to hurry up and catch the dive right. master. So then all that stuff gets just way exponentially exacerbated. And they have issues, yeah. And then, boom, that's where the issues go. The breathing starts to go, and they go, oh, I can't get enough air, I can't get mm-hmm. enough air. They feel like they're running out. But when in reality, the they just can't get rid of the carbon dioxide. Yeah, when in reality, they just need to get rid calm of the CO2. down. Yeah. yeah, get rid of the CO2 and get control of themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and we talk, I mean, this goes to the root of why we kind of preach the proper weighting, proper trim, and a good propulsion technique. They're, it's at the root of the, the CO2 buildup. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. And uh, It's the cornerstone right. of, of, a, of a good diver. Exactly. And, and I, I think a lot of people don't understand. And the only reason I'm reiterating is because I know a lot of divers don't understand the, the importance of it. To some divers, it's, an, it's a point that we overemphasize. We've actually got too you know, clingy to it too much of a requirement for us to be called quote unquote a good diver when in the reality is that is the good diver that's period it. that's yep. it and and the brain of course but those that technique is at the foundation of being a good scuba diver it's not a it's not a oh he should have good trim or he should have a good propulsion te- technique or he should be halfway decent that you must you must be, yeah. because if you don't have those you don't have a clear head Right, because you're you're always thinking and struggling and working against you're working, your, baby. against yourself. Yeah. yeah, so you're not going to have a good, clear, clean head when you need the good, clear, when you clean need head. It, yes. Yeah, where I mean, I know for me where it really hits home is cave diving because of the flow, the tremendous flow. But uh, you find that you learned it in cave diving, and all of a sudden your open water diving became super easy because the emphasis put on trim. You know, streamlining, calm, 
slow the breathing, good propulsion. You don't have to work when you propel well, that's yourself. Where, you know, we always say that training beyond what you, what, do, what you really do is so valuable. And it's, it's for reasons just like that. Right. Right. So that when you get, when you come back down to the diving that you're really doing, you're overtrained for it, which allows you to kind of get into that peaceful state in the water. And really enjoy it. Yeah. And really just, make the most out of it. That's no what you're there it. for, man. Now, in the book, uh, they do have a little section on visualizations, meditation, and deep rhythmic breathing. Namaste right here and listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) Some consider meditation and visualization to be two separate things, they say. We find them subtly distinct yet closely related. In the yogic tradition, visualization is akin to concentration, and meditation is another limb. They both are similar in that they require several minutes of sitting still plus slow, deep, rhythmic breathing. We believe visualization and meditation techniques are a wonderful benefit to a scuba diver's yoga practice. Visualization techniques used by athletes for years help you prepare for the dive itself, while meditation techniques help you maintain a sense of overall calm. Now they mentioned that since most dive accidents can be traced to panic and poor judgment, the ability to relax underwater is essential to divers. Deep rhythmic breathing is essential to meditation and visualization practices. So we have included some breathing exercises in this chapter as well that they give. This is my lungs doing push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, lungs, drop down and give me 25 push-ups. <laughs> One tubby tubby. <laughs> but that goes right to what we were just yeah, you know, validating what we were just saying, how important control of the breathing is, because you can't have mind control mm-hmm. if you don't have breath control. Well, yeah, your mind wants to take over. <laughs> you know, it it's screaming at you to breathe. When you, the reality of it is, exhale the CO two. You've got plenty of oxygen. And I guess, I mean, we put this huge emphasis on this, but if you go to Open Water One Hundred and One. It doesn't even have to be touched on, this fact of the CO2 is the drive, the partial pressure of CO2 increasing. You don't have to teach them partial pressure laws. You just have to teach them, as you go deeper, the concentration in the blood. No matter the percentage, the the amount in the blood starts to be more impactful, and it starts to really drive your urge to breathe, and you have to get rid of it. It's more critical to get rid of it. I mean, but it... I mean, my humble opinion is it should be taught in Open Water 101 so that the diver has an understanding of at least that critical part of physiology underwater. That's That's at the cornerstone of the accidents. It's right there at the foundation. Well, there's no time for that. We've got 24 skills we got to get through. I got these guys on a weekend class they paid extra for, so I'm going to give them less of an education. I just want you to think of that, that mentality. I'm on a rushed private class. I paid extra for this. It's got to be faster, so we're going to give them less of an education. Which is the opposite of how I teach. Well, exactly. Right? Exactly. Well, yeah, that's... We, we, uh, you learn to breathe first. Mm-hmm. You don't even have any gear on. You learn to breathe and learn that your breathing is your buoyancy control. Oh, yeah. The, right? right your, there. Your breathing yeah. is your mind control. Mm-hmm. Right? The breathing is everything underwater. Oh, you got that down, Pat? Uh, now, now we'll uh, look at a couple skills you need to know. Well, Buddhists right, would we'll say breathing at is everything at the surface, too. Breathing is everything. But, yeah, breathing is everything. And you 
teach it. But it's not you're the, you're the exception, and well, I mean, I know there are a few others that do it, and and really, you know, it's one thing to care about what you're teaching; it's another thing to know what you should be teaching and care about what you're teaching and actually do it. You know, you need all of that. You can't just say, I really care about teaching and I, I love scuba diving. I'm passionate about it, but you're not, you don't know to teach them this. And that's, I guess, well, what I'm yeah. getting at. If you don't know to teach them this and you don't well, think so this much- is so important, I think I would, I would debate this with you. This is at the very foundation of, of being safe underwater. Well, I mean, I, I yeah. fully, fully yeah. agree with that. No, come I on. Was being, no, Fight I was me. being. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like um, I guess you, it could be akin to almost learning anything when you look at a, a class structure of like if you and I wanted to go learn rock climbing, we'd have to. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've got two days. They got to teach us all these knots. They're going to teach us uh, mm-hmm. how to belay. They're going to teach us how to do this. We got all these like, little little skills that we got to learn for holds and finger mm-hmm. strength and all these little things. Um, when in reality, there's a element of becoming one with that wall. There's an element of underlying philosophy in everything we do, right? Yeah. If you can tap into that, I think you give the student a great advantage. No doubt about in, it. In expediting the learning. But you have to show them that. You have to show them, here's the underlying philosophy. Give them that broad base. It's a pyramid. It, you know, we've said this before. If you start teaching... You know, in the middle of the pyramid, their foundation is shit. It's going to crumble. Yeah, no doubt about it. You give them that, and it may be the longest to learn. It may be the the biggest thing that they're constantly adding to. I know for me, that underlying philosophy is always being added to, you know, of what scuba diving is kind of thing. And I think that's with everything. You, You eventually find out that anything you endeavor at, any great endeavor, any art, basically builds, you learn about yourself. Yeah, no right. about it. It, it right, reveals right. who you are. And that's what I'm getting at is the underlying philosophy. Of course, what we're talking about is the physiology and how you're supposed to approach it, how you can approach it in a safe way that kind of encompasses breathing and, and reacting underwater and keeping that mind calm. Yeah, well, that's, that's the ultimate goal there is, is keeping the mind calm. Right. And that's a valuable, valuable lesson in anything that you're going to learn. Amplify that, I would say, for scuba because of the the physiological Mm -hmm. effect of breathing Mm -hmm. it at depth. But just like the guy learning to rock climb, right, as he's struggling to get the belay or struggling with a hold, Mm -hmm. right, and the the muscles tense up and his breathing hold, you know, holds and the CO two spikes, he's just having difficulty. I should put more talc on, and talc is cheap. Oh yeah, yeah, smooth, smooth. Got to work or, those or in even, somehow. Or even the guy, you know, learning to play the guitar, right? As you learn to to finger this new position on that fretboard, mm-hmm. right? And your mind gets focused on the the, the pain, the, the grip of your the, <laughs> the grip of your, your fingers. Wrist. Yeah, the the yeah. tightening because you're tensing up. Yes, you're holding your breath, right? Not right. even thinking about it, which. When you get winded, mm-hmm. you know, playing a guitar, pl- playing a, a guitar, yeah. just something as simple as just from holding, it's not because of that, it's because your breathing changes. It's all in your right. mind, yeah. It's all in your mind. Yeah. Now, you, and then people will discredit that when they think of like the importance of making that big focus on breathing for mm-hmm. a scuba diver, but on a scuba diver, you 10 you, times more important. It, 
thousand million, times, a million yeah. times more important. Twelve hundred and eighty-five <laughs> times, actually. I've done the math on this one. Uh, I've got, <laughs> I've got a proof. Do you, if you have, want to see it? <laughs> it's by transitive property. A, it ends a, by transitive property. <laughs> you have a quadratic formula <laughs> exactly. To, exactly. to validate these results. I use it every day too, but yeah, can't emphasize it enough. And I think that's probably why this is a really good show is that the very base of scuba diving is breathing and in order to breathe well in order to exchange gas well and in order to keep that mind calm you need to have control of that breathing and in order to do that you got to be in some kind of level of fitness yeah Yeah. you definitely do yeah yeah. and that's why i mean we also talk about smoking and and not because you know we hate smokers the problem though is you're becoming a detriment to yourself and others in the water when you look at what's going on. Yeah, eventually it's going to get you. With, your, with mm-hmm. the blood chemistry. Right? Yeah, exactly. Their argument, I know, though, is, is because I've known some great divers that were smokers. And I don't have an argument against that. I'm like, well, yeah, he's, he was a smoker. He was a really good diver. I don't know what to tell you. He, I don't think the smoking helped him be a great diver. I think he could have even been better, or at least safer, whatnot. Well, yeah, uh, if he was smoking, it's a whole different thing, right? Yeah, because it's 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 that you know they never pay attention to it being a problem, right? Right. Until it's they, a problem. Until they have the heart attack, yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, yeah, better I gotta quit smoking." <laughs> that was my warning. <laughs> that was my warning. Was a warning shot across uh, the bow there. <laughs> uh, you know, it's something big happens. Yeah. Right. And then if they go through diving and they don't have a big problem associated with it, well, obviously, I'm fine. I'm fine. Smoking has helped me. <laughs> they contribute. They contribute. They attribute all the all the positives to the, what's different about them. Well, I smoke. <laughs> That's how or, I can do this. Or they attribute the the non-event. Yeah, that hasn't to, occurred. Right. to the fact that this I problem <laughs> that this problem isn't really a problem. Right, and it's just that it hasn't been yet. Yeah, the only reason I haven't gotten into any kind of life-threatening issues is because i'm a smoker it's the only reason the only thing i can come up with which is i think a a real psychological phenomenon in humans i mean we have that ability we can we can make patterns out of no patterns we can see things that aren't there what's the major thing that you would contribute to your success (laughs) as a scuba diver smoking camel (laughs) camel baby well you know i do have that that scuba diving poster from a Time Life magazine. It's Marlboro, if I'm not mistaken, and he's a scuba diver. You've also got the doctors promoting camel and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm curious what we'll have been promoting that like our grandkids will will look at and go, Can you believe these ass jazz hats? We're promoting, you know, whatever. Jogging, <laughs> fucking jogging, man. I've I've been against jogging from the beginning. I'll have to say that. So, in an article I found from Alert Diver by Kelly Coopert, this was uh, from 2015, titled "Improve Your Breathing." She too talks about the similarities that you can find through the benefits of yoga, benefits of scuba, and how that breathing control of breathing practice will co-benefit really everything that goes on in your life. She says, It divers, will help out your smoking. <laughs> it will even help your smoking. <laughs> she says, 
She says, divers strive to safely optimize air consumption to allow for the possibility of more bottom time. Practicing rhythmic breathing without breath holding can benefit divers or anyone. Yoga is an excellent way to refine and maintain your ability to breathe rhythmically even during periods of physical exertion. Rhythmic breathing. You know what I like to listen to? I know how I like my own breathing on videotape underwater. I have a unique, I mean, I can oh, I I do hear too. It, Yeah, and I know you do. You actually, you make noise. You make a noise. I'm, I'm always like, who is that? Now I know. I mean, it's taken me years to figure it out. It was like Sherlock Holmes. Is there a, a dying seal within 10 miles of us? <laughs> it's called Ujii breathing. Ujii breathing. It's from the from um, you Pokemon games. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a very It's a Ultraman. It's a it's a way of breathing that uh, you're kind of getting into that zone. Yeah, that's but my it, it's just, technique. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 having that technique where there's there's a drag, a resistance. Uh, a, yes, a vibration. You know, it allows you to hear it. I think. Yeah. You know, I know that's what I because I, I kind of do a. You know, I'll keep. I've got like a. (laughs) Yes, that's what you've got. (laughs) Whales mating somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Whale porn. We were watching on the on the TV back at the at the camp, back at the house. You know. After cave diving there in November, yeah, yeah. and the volumes, and the you volumes can't even hear you. and every man, they were really They're like, "What the out. fuck is it?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one because at the first few times, I like, "What is that?" Right, and then like, the, is, it, "Is this some broken?" Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's um, yeah, I get that all the time. Like, like now I'm really uh, really self conscious about it. <laughs> like when I'm showing video to yeah. somebody, I always mute because I, mean, I know they're gonna go, "What is that sound?" Yes. That's me breathing. You're, Why are you breathing? Well, your like breathing is a little. It's the noise is a little. Mine is a little more normal of it. It's more of a, you know, like I'm sucking through a straw at the bottom of a, a slurpee or something. I'm like, oh, I don't go that. I just do it. But anyway, it's but it's rhythmic. You can like time a clock to it, right? Kind of right. Thing. And, uh, no matter what I'm doing, and that's. I think about it now, now that I've seen it in, or heard it in video, I should say. You can see when, even when I'm, the workload goes up. You can see the breathing change. Well, actually, I don't hardly see it change or, at all. That, or, or, that, it's because I'm purposely thinking about it now. And that's one thing I do. I mean, I know I do, is I purposely think of my breathing when the workload goes up. It, the other times, it's just... On automatic, I breathe like that automatically. Now I've been doing it so long, but work yeah, that's up, what you try, I stop. And that's what you got to yeah. try to do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and if we go back to the fitness thing, I mean, that's something that I do when I'm at the gym. Is that that's what I challenge myself with? Is yeah. on that breathing? Yeah, you get on that treadmill and you like kick it up, right? Mm-hmm. And your breathing wants to go out of control. Your, your heart rate wants to mm-hmm. go out of control. I look at it and go. You know, I'm breathing for scuba, I'm breathing right. for decompression, right? Clean this up, clean, uh, clean mm-hmm. your, clean up the control, right? And then oh, you, you, you take it down and you try to, you know, reestablish that, that heart rate, right? Reestablish that breathing control in those couple of minutes. And if you're having a hard time doing that, you know, in a controlled setting on a, on a treadmill for a minute or two, like, what are you going to do out in the real mm-hmm. world underwater, you know, when, when things get kicked up? Now, that's just something that you want to think about long term, right? Right. That's that's what the fitness 
really <laughs> ultimately is for a scuba diver. It's not that you can pull off a triathlon, right? It's not that mm-hmm. you're an ultra runner. Right? Nobody's ever saying that. But it's having the ability to have control of your breathing, have control of your brain, and not just let your body run out of control. Yeah, and the unintended side effect is when you do get into some kind of program where you're training or at least exercising regularly and aerobic exercising and paying attention to that breathing, the unintended side effect is diving's more fun. It's easier and it's more fun. Yeah, there you go. And you look better on the boat. You, you can do. you can slip into that old Speedo. Uh, you can slip into that old <laughs> wetsuit you bought back in nineteen ninety six. Let's not get crazy now. I will never be, but I look back. I was, I was you more can like slip a back into that yeah. neon green O'Neill wetsuit you bought back in the nineties. Yeah. Life was easy as a skinny, fit, skinny person. Life is very easy. And I think that skinny, fit people need to maybe take their goddamn split fins off and get into our split fins for a day. Yeah, here's what it's like if you don't stay skinny and fit. I shouldn't say ours, but. I mean, I go through different where I'm. I'm skiing. I put on a few pounds. I take it back off. I'm more of through through the seat, especially with kids. A lot of times with their schedule, I my exercise schedule gets dictated to me, which right, sometimes yeah. I don't get get to the gym as often as I should. But uh, I think I have an underlying level. Anyway, the long story short is I've been in both. I've been skinny. I've been a little not so skinny. You know, two hundred plus pounds. And I prefer the skinny. It's easy. You feel great. You're light. Oh, well, yeah. No doubt about it. I actually feel like I could be blown away. Okay, well, hey, everybody. It's a new year. 2020 is here. Get out there and get fit for scuba. What are you doing to get fit for scuba? Send us a message. Let us know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We're looking forward to a fun 2020 with you guys. Hopefully, we'll see you out on the water couple times this summer or uh this a couple year. times this year this yeah this year we could see you anytime on the water so look for us we'll be out there see safe, you next week safe diving peeps Swim a mile in our fins, why don't you? I figured I'd put on about 30 extra pounds and then start working a lot. Because if you want to really get in shape, take a backpack and throw 30 pounds on your back and do your whole daily activities. Yeah, there, there you go. I'm going to gain 30 pounds. That way when I lose it, I'll feel great. I'll feel great. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain logic to that.